When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sometime this morning, the January 6th committee expected to turn over everything to the DOJ. At least three criminal referrals in there looking to prosecute the former president, Donald Trump. We put this time aside every Monday morning for my next guest because he's great. And way back when, I was the guy that said, put him on every week. And man, has he been terrific. The editor of the National Review Politico NBC, his stuff often syndicated right here in New York, in the New York Post. One of my favorites, Rich Lowry. Good morning, Rich. How are you, bud? What's up, Sydney? Everything's good. Uh, tell me, you heard that CNN report there. They're going to look to get three, at least three, criminal referrals, talking about the January 6th committee from the DOJ on President Trump. Realistic, unrealistic, what are your thoughts this morning? Uh, unrealistic, or at least I hope unrealistic. I think if DOJ goes after President Trump, it'll probably be on the documents charge uh, at Mar-a-Lago. I think as a, a matter of the law and just a clear uh, case that he's broken it, it they, they have him there, right? <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't mean it should be prosecuted, but um, he, he shouldn't have had the documents. He had them. This stuff about an insurrection. I mean, it wasn't an insurrection. You know, it was a it was a, a protest that ran out of control, and there was no way it was going to overturn the U.S. government. The most of these the January sixth folks who breached the Capitol haven't been charged with anything related to insurrection. And in every single one of these cases, what these these people will say, you know, it, it wasn't my fault that I was inside the Capitol. Donald Trump told me to do it. And, and the DOJ in every single one of these cases says, no, he didn't. That that wasn't what happened. You're responsible. Right. For, the, for the Justice Department to turn around and say, no, it was Donald Trump. He was the one guy responsible for this. Wouldn't, wouldn't make any sense. So it, it's not as though they, they won't want to do it or temp, be tempted to do it, but I kind of I doubt it. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the, the whole idea that Donald Trump incited it was ridiculous from day one. Now, I was critical from day one, unlike my late partner, Bernie, God rest his soul, because he just defended Trump at every move, like a lot of folks out there. Like, if you vote with DeSantis, as far as they're concerned, you're, you're a Democrat. Mm-hmm. You're not even mm-hmm. – it's so stupid, it's, it's hard to believe. But uh, I was critical. I thought he waited too long to do something about it. He stuck around with his finger up his ass for two hours and actually was, was, was saying nice things about these folks because they like him, much like having dinner with Kanye West because he likes him. Yeah, well, you, you move it into if it becomes a uh, it gets prosecuted for it, it becomes a legal case. So, you know, I, I think obviously I think you're right. He should have done done more. He never should have had that crowd there in the first place. But as a technical legal matter, he said we're going to peacefully yes, walk the Capitol. Yes, so he that's did. you're out right there. Yep. <laughs> you know, no, it's true. no it's he, true. he didn't. He didn't tell them to commit violence. No, he did not. No, he did not. And uh, he did say that. Now he said it once in a one hour speech, and he got these people frenzied up and. They were out of control probably on the way there anyway. So maybe he never should have gone in the first place. I don't know. But you're right. There's nothing criminal 
about what Donald Trump did that day. Bad job of, of being the president, waiting too long, mm-hmm. but uh, nothing criminal. Yeah, also the technical matters. These guys were ripping down barricades at the Capitol when, when Trump was still you know, right. a mile away giving the speech. The True. speech wasn't even over yet. He wasn't even there. Uh, what do you think about what he did last week? He comes out and he starts selling these trading cards. He's dressed as a superhero. His supporters, again, got mad at me because I thought it was one of the more embarrassing moments mm-hmm. in, in President Trump's public history. They're like, oh, he proved you wrong again. Look, he sold out his cards yeah. in an hour. I'm like, wait a second, because you morons buy this stuff, that means what he did was good? I thought it was embarrassing. What about you? Well, it's, it's something he, he would have done throughout his career, this kind of, kind of project he's been attracted to. And look, it's on its own terms, right? Your listeners are right. It was his success. He sold them out. It's just as, as former president of the United States was to be president again, it, who, who is in the, in the kind of trough he's in at the moment, this is the exact wrong thing to do. It sends the wrong message. It sends another message. He's not serious. You know, even Steve Bannon was, please, God, someone stop him. So <laughs> it, it wasn't great. Again, it's not the, you know, it's not the thing that's going to sink him, but it's another, uh, another uh, rock in his backpack. No, I mean, nothing's going to sink him, not one particular moment. But And I discussed this with Alan Dershowitz last week, who's not a big Trump supporter. I get it. But when you add up everything, there's yep. a cumulative effect. I mean, he lost the last election. You may think it was rigged. doesn't matter. He hasn't been in the White House for years. And now, for the next election, we talked about be serious, be focused. And he was. He came out and he delivered a great speech. I commended him the next morning mm-hmm. for four hours. Since that speech, he's acting like a jackass. Yep. Yeah, well, that's the problem. They can get him on a, a teleprompter, and he reads it, and it's fine. And then, you know, the next week he's having uh, uh, dinner with Kanye, you know? Right. <laughs> Which he so he, he can't be controlled uh, ultimately in that way. So we'll see, you know, these, these uh, hypothetical head-to-head. Now, it's not going to be a head-to-head, but you put him up against DeSantis, and he's down substantially now. But you put him in a multi-candidate field, and he's still up. Um, and it is going to be a multi-candidate field. So do we know – we don't know, I shouldn't say that – um, is your best guess that Ron DeSantis will definitely run? Because, again, he just won the gubernatorial down in Florida, uh, but he's winning. He's winning head-to-head with Trump in, in yep. so many polls now. He'd be silly not to. Are you pretty convinced yep. DeSantis will run? I, I am. I, I was I was uh, hesitant about it most of the last 12 months because it's such a huge risk running against Trump. But I mean, just imagine you're, you're sitting at your your governor's desk and someone comes in with a printout of a Wall Street Journal poll showing you beating Trump in a head-by-head <laughs> by double digits and yeah. above 50 percent. The only reason you don't run is if you really don't want to be president. And maybe he doesn't, but I doubt it. I mean, this is a hugely ambitious guy, um, and, and he's get, getting flashing green lights, bright green lights for, for a run. And I, I imagine he'll heat him, and uh, he'll get up and go. The great Rich Lowry. Now, you're a New York City guy, resident, uh, so you take a lot of interest in what's going on here, certainly what Mayor Eric Adams is doing. And now, over the last week, he's been very critical of the Biden administration and even Kathy Hochul. Last week, he was with Kathy Hochul. Mm -hmm. They were like the best of friends. And the next day, he comes out and says, you're killing me with this migrant crisis. So he kind of goes back and forth, which is not good for him. He needs to really be on one side of the issue. But in terms of his latest criticism of Biden and Hochul, is it too late or never too late for Mayor Eric Adams? 
Well, you know, it, it's as you say, it's it's not. You need to be Rudy. You need to be like really strong one way, and that's it. And right. your friends and allies uh, are determined by who's with you on your positions or not. But what he does is just bend back and forth. You know, he's with Hochul to try to get her reelected, and she's a supporter of the bail law that's destroying the city that even he's been critical of. Right. At times, he's been mealy mouthed about the migrant crisis. You know, blaming Texas more than the president. <laughs> so um, it, 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 he's just not. The overall, he's not strong enough. The one thing I would commend him on is uh, uh, th- this policy of, of trying to get severe mentally ill people off the street, which is the, the right thing for the city and the right thing for yeah, the but, but even that has come with a lot of, of pushback. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jamani Williams, who, who Mayor Eric Adams actually likes, is like, well, this plan just doesn't work. I mean, A, there's not enough beds. And then the bigger yeah. question is, when you put these people away for a week or two, then what? Yeah, yeah. Well, you need more beds and you need to be serious about it. Because these people, it's just... We'll look back, people, 50 years from now, and really, you let uh, paranoid schizophrenics rot on the sidewalk and had uh, a thousand people stepping over them every single day. It's yeah. it's one of the most insane things about our collective life together. It really is. So this was on Twitter yesterday from Elon Musk. How about that? He said, folks, should I step down as head of Twitter? I will abide by the results of this poll. Now, <laughs> Now, right now, 58%, it's an overwhelming majority, are saying to Elon, get the yep out. So I have two questions for you. A, do you think he really does abide by the results because they want him out? And uh, secondly, what are your thoughts, the latest on this whole Twitter file story? Oh, the FBI man. and all well, that he's, stuff. He's a great showman, right? I mean, we've, everyone's talked about Twitter obsessively for the last two months. And, you know, the engagement's <laughs> gone up on Twitter. It's signed up more users. And it's like sort of this constant drama. He must I, – I imagine he must have someone in mind he's going to make CEO, right? He, he better. <laughs> <laughs> he's hiring right now as we speak. Um, it, the, and they had these suspensions over the weekend – Technically, these people might have violated the, the rule about you know keeping track of where someone is, but it, it is it is pretty arbitrary, and I think he just needs to to come up with a transparent set of rules and just apply them, and and that's it. And uh, and in the end of the day, I mean, this has become a big culture war, and I'm with Elon uh, versus his his critics, but he should just focus on the rockets. Really, the rockets are more important. <laughs> you know? He could put a man on the moon instead. Yeah. He's like tweeting back and forth with. Yeah, no. But even Miranda the Vine wrote about it today. She's got a picture of Adam Schiff and a picture of Elon Musk in the New York Post, Miranda, and she writes, Dems scrambled to save censorship. So that's, listen, that's the big story, right? They buried all this stuff. You've got yeah, the FBI no, no involved. Doubt. I mean, it's a big deal, I guess. Yeah, no, it's, it's great what, what he's exposed. And it made it clear, you know, what they were doing. And now he's, he's just given them a little dose of their own medicine. They're like, what? I'm suspended for, for, for seven <laughs> days? This is the end of free speech in America. What do you think was going on in the last 10 years? <laughs> So, did you watch the Argentina France game on on a Sunday? You know, I, I tried to. Uh, we, we were at church, and, and I, I I turned it on right when it when it had ended. It's just penalty kicks. It's, I mean, it seemed like a great game, right? To, to have two goals and extra time. And, yeah. But penalty kicks is such a ridiculous way. I, I guess you you know you got to do it because everyone would just collapse on the field. But um, and and, and also it's it's just so it you got to you know the goal it's it's total chance, right? I mean, the goalie's got to guess. Right. Well, I guess the Argentinian goalie guess better than the French goalie. Yeah, he yeah, kept going but, you know, the wrong a way. Out in the NHL, the goalie's got a chance, right? Um, but you really don't if, if you're a soccer. I Martinez made two. I mean, one guy kicked it out of bounds, but he did make mm-hmm. one save. Okay, so dumber rule for you: the penalty kicks to decide a champion in the World Cup or NFL teams 
playing to a tie. Yeah, I I don't like ties. They're they're yeah they're un-American, right? I mean they just don't. Uh, they, and the NHL used to have them, and they had the good sense to get rid of them. Um, yeah, I, I I don't I don't like them. Um, you know, I would do in the NFL, even though it's it's kind of artificial. I love the college overtime. I wouldn't do that in the playoffs, you know, or decide a Super Bowl that right, way. Right. But I think each team starting at twenty five is kind of cool. You kind of like that, okay? What are you doing for uh, Christmas this Sunday? Um, we'll be, uh, just, just fam- family, family nice. time, not as busy as yours. You know, no, no one's inviting me to light any menorahs or, or to Peter Luger steakhouse, but, uh, none of that. You're not invited by, that. you're not going to Stevie Van Zandt's party tomorrow or Paul <laughs> Beatles party on Thursday. I'll get you into every one of these parties if you want, Rich. You want to go? I don't even think you want to go. <laughs> my, my big Christmas though is I, I uh, bought my, my own presents this year. So my dad used to do this and I was like, why does he do that? Now, now I get it. So I, I'm into, um, sports memorabilia. So I got a signed Mickey Rivers, uh, that's already arrived as an old Houston Oiler fan. So I got a signed pa- Don Pastorini oh. uh, coming my way. Yeah, oh. and a Kevin Dyson of the Music City Miracle because I followed the Oilers to Tennessee. Of so that, uh, it'll be it'll be happy Christmas for me around the tree. Mick the Quick Rivers, and I got to tell yeah. you, uh, as a little boy, I'll never forget that Monday night game: Houston Oilers, Miami Dolphins. Oh, Dan yeah. Pastorini, a quarterback for the Oilers. And what Earl Campbell did that night was just unbelievable. And yeah. they had that "Love You Blue" song. It was. Oh, yeah. It was great. Oh, yeah. it, it was awesome. It they could was. never get past the Steelers in the championship. No, game. never. Speak, speaking of the Oilers, though, their infamy was was erased this weekend because they they had the biggest loss ever, thirty five. They were up thirty five three against Buffalo right. in that playoff game and lost. And and thank God the Colts were up thirty three to nothing, and so they have the biggest NFL choke. That's true. Matt Ryan now <laughs> has to be right. That was an amazing playoff game, by the way. Warren Moon was the quarterback. For the Oilers and the man that staged the comeback wasn't even Jim Kelly. He was hurt. It was his backup, Frank Reich. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Who, by the yeah. way, also backed up Boomer Esiason at Maryland. How about that Very one? good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, the Oilers then, that was, you know, the, the team, the Oilers-Titans, their identity has always been run. But that, that was a brief period where it was the run and shoot. Yep. And they just chuck, you know, 30-yard passes and score in a minute. You yep. know, so the problem is if it works, your offense is never on the field. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Hey, listen, great to talk to you. Merry Christmas. Uh, enjoy your Happy week. Hanukkah. Enjoy, uh, you enjoy the holidays. We'll talk soon. Uh, two weeks. I'm off next week, so talk to you in two weeks, okay? Okay. All right, Anthony. Right, take care. There he is from the Nat Review, my dear friend, and what a great addition to this show. Every Monday morning, Rich Lowry.